0: It is Friday, October 7th. I'm Scott Seiden. And, and
1: I'm A.J. Hoffman. A real
0: barn burner on Thursday Night Football.
1: And a whole weekend of college and NFL ball to look forward to. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. Give me a mother,
0: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day.
1: The Indianapolis Colts beat the Denver Broncos 12 to nine. Yes. Football match. (laughs) Major league baseball postseason gets underway today, but I think we know what the Vegas lead here is. AJ. It's the game of the year, friend. The Indianapolis Colts. Squeaking it out in overtime over the Denver Broncos, and listen, there's there's a lot to unpack with this game. First of all, this was not a fun game to watch. I don't care who you are. I'm I'm the guy who's always everybody's like, oh, they, they shouldn't make them play on Thursday. They're not ready. That's what I said last week. I know, and I'm like, I don't care. So you about You just made them. fun of me. Yeah, that was from me making week. fun of you. Okay, and I'm the guy who's like, just making sure I don't care about that. I just want football on Thursday. I, I'm selfish. I want football. This game was so bad; it went to overtime, nine to nine, mm-hmm. and Broncos fans. No, nah, I'm out, bro. They left the building. Like there was like a thirty second shot <laughs> that Amazon showed of them all packing up and leaving, like walking out of the stadium. Got to beat that traffic. A ma- The what? The ten o'clock traffic. And did well, what are we talking about? This was painful to watch. And honestly, you know who the smartest fans in the building were? The fans that left at the start of overtime <laughs> because they missed the end game of this. I, I'll ask both of you this question, McKenzie and Scott. If there was a draft, if you had the 32nd pick in the draft of head coaches, all you could pick was head coaches that are currently active Who is the person that you're hoping doesn't fall to you at 32? Because you're going to get stuck with someone. Like, if you said there's one guy that I want someone else to take and you're going to celebrate when they're taken, is it Nathaniel Hackett? It's got to be Nathaniel Hackett. He's coached five games and we're already like, this is the dumbest guy I've ever (laughs) seen coach football. How did this happen? He's
0: already, the organization already brought in a coach to help him. With his game day. This guy's not helping. Exactly. What's
1: that? What is that guy getting paid? Because I could help better.
0: We've talked about this before. The Broncos' major three decision makers are all in their roles for the first time ever in their career. They have an offensive coordinator that's never been an OC, a defensive coordinator that's never been a DC, and a head coach that's never been a head coach. And at first I thought, It's just growing pains. But now we're seeing is that all three of those men are clearly, maybe not the D.C. because the defense looks great, but two of those men clearly not capable of doing their jobs because this is one of the worst offenses in the NFL. The New York Jets have scored more points in four
1: games than the Denver Broncos have scored in five games. Think about that. This offense is like Texas A&M. Like, and this is—I what I think Jimbo Fisher might be the dumbest human in the world that's had any kind of real success. Like this guy won a national championship. I have no idea how. Jameis Winston. He still, <laughs> in the year of our Lord 2022, lines everybody up and then uses no motion. He's like, he shows a defense. This is guy, what I'm going to do. This is the play I'm going to run. Now you guys try and <laughs> stop us. And it's like no one plays football like that anymore. It's High school. Ben McAdoo. McEn- High schools don't like play that. football like that anymore, but somehow the Denver Broncos do. Why? I swear I believe this, and I'm going to stand by. This is my strongest Nathaniel Hackett take. If the Broncos had a crystal ball and they could see they that have. Aaron Rodgers That's, wasn't oh, coming with oh, Nathaniel oh, Hackett, okay. now you're now you're talking. They, they would not have hired him. They hired him solely because. Mm-hmm. They thought that it increased their chances of getting Aaron Rodgers this offseason. This guy is an absolute dope. So, let me ask you what percentage do you put the blame on Nathaniel Hackett versus the percentage that you put the blame on Russell Wilson? Listen, Russell's Russ sucks. Uh, this is, uh, it's been going on for two and a half years now. Like, this is not, it, it, at some point, it, it's funny because the reason, like with, with Matt Ryan, who we just watched in this game, who also sucks. It's easier for, it's easier for us to look at it and go, well, he's old. It makes sense. This guy used he's, to be. He's one foot out the door. He used to be good. Now he's old. No good anymore. That's, that's how it's always worked. Sometimes guys just aren't good anymore. Like they, the, the game goes past them. They get like, or and,
0: sometimes guys are the product of their environments. And Russell Wilson, for years, involved in the Seattle environment – with the talent around him, goes to the Super Bowl back-to-back years with the elite defense that he had, more of a game manager, but then offense built around him still with a very strong running game with wide receivers that are of the borderline elite caliber and now put in a position where he doesn't have an elite running back, he doesn't have an elite wide receiver, no offense to Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, doesn't have a
1: tight end safety valve, maybe Russell Wilson was well, just a victim of his environment. Let's play a little game. If I said Tom Brady, take Tom Brady's career scape, mm-hmm. and you say, okay, Tom, good career. We're going to subtract the first three years of it. it. There's not that. I mean, he's got. he's still a Hall of Famer. No doubt. He's still multiple-time Super Bowl okay. champion and now, MVP. Now let's try this with Peyton Manning. Subtract his first Absolute three years of his career. Multiple
0: MVPs, still a, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, greatest of all time in the regular season. Arguably.
1: Let's do Joe Montana. Same thing. Now let's do Russell Wilson. Don't know where he is. He's a guy. He's just a guy. Like it, that's and This is the thing. If you're in year seven, eight, nine, significantly worse than you are in years one, two, and three, what's happening? Like It was... And I get in this in the NFL more than any other league. If you win, you're almost always looked at as a winner. Mm-hmm. If you have a Super Bowl, like people look at Eli Manning like a winner, and he's a 500 quarterback for his career, like, but he's a winner. It, 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 that's just that's how it works. That's the rules of the game. I mean, Russ, look to give to, for, to his credit. Russ had a
0: good stretch, you know, kind of that in in the 2018, 2019, 2020
1: range. I'm not saying he hasn't had good years since yeah. then. I'm saying, what's he done the last three years that would ever – like, if you didn't know what happened in his first three years, would mm-hmm. you Would you still think he could be a guy who could win a Super Bowl? I'd argue no. Hey,
0: he looks nothing like a guy that can even get you to the playoffs right now, let alone a guy that's worth the
1: money that he signed for. He, and, was- and honestly, if think about this. If Nathaniel Hackett hadn't coached Aaron Rodgers, like, and this is what we knew of him, what we've seen through five mm-hmm. weeks – we would think he is maybe the dumbest person in the world. <laughs> I, 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 so listen, I get that past resume gets you a long way in this league, and it should. like you know, Matt Ryan won an MVP. He certainly didn't look like an MVP tonight. so I, I'm not trying to like I, I'm not trying to say there's this doesn't happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. It just feels like Russ the last two seasons has fallen and that's fair. so far away from what that's he fair. was that's fair that it's i'm almost starting to forget what he was and like in my brain it's imprinted that russ mm-hmm. was great at some point and this is really hard for me because out of college i was the guy who was like this guy's never gonna make it hmm. and then he like he made me look foolish yeah. and i was like okay i gotta admit the guy's badass and that, right when i'm coming around and saying yeah this guy's badass. He starts to stink. <laughs> this guy that I've seen the, like the last year and a half, 2 years, it's not even good. He's not a, he's not an average NFL quarterback. It's uh it's remarkable. And I'll be the first to admit, I thought the Denver Broncos I didn't re- I, again, I didn't know much about Nathaniel Hackett. I didn't know what he could be as a head coach. But I said, if you take last year's Broncos roster and you add Russell Wilson to that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- I was thinking, if, the, if they had just had Russell Wilson the last two or three years, that's a Super Bowl caliber team. And you're
0: not the only person. The odds before the season, they were one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. I took them in our team auction. Right, it, thinking that this was going to be on the on the dream pod, thinking that this was going to be a team to look out for. I took Russell Wilson in our quarterback draft, thinking that he was going to have a phenomenal year. But what we have seen early on here is that clearly this marriage is not working out between Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett and this offense. And does a lot of it. The blame have to go to Nathaniel Hackett? Sure. But does blame have to fall on Russell Wilson? Yes. If you looked at last night's game in particular, and by now, I'm sure you've all seen the images on Twitter of the final play and uh, how wide open K.J. Hamler was, and Russell doesn't even look his way. Also, I look back at the fourth down where he threw the interception at the end of regulation. He had no business making that throw. And the play calling.
1: That, yeah. Uh, okay, so first of all, um, Russell Wilson's first nine years, 98-45 with a 65 average QBR. The last two years, 8-11 and 11, with a sub-50 QBR. Uh, it's off the map. Our eyes don't deceive us. Okay, so let's talk about the, the two decisions that were made in this game. Three decisions. Okay. The first one, the score is 9-6. to six. The... The the Broncos are leading with just over three minutes left to go in the game. Mm-hmm. It's fourth down. They decide to go for it, which is really easy to say in hindsight was smart because they got it. They converted the fourth down.
0: Fourth the, and one at the 28-yard line with three minutes and nine seconds left in the game.
1: My thought is in a nine-to-six game. In a game where the Colts have shown zero ability to move the ball, you kick a field goal there, and you're saying, okay, the only way we lose is if the Colts score a touchdown.
0: I understand that. But you also are giving the football back to the Colts there with three minutes left in the game, two timeouts, and the two-minute warning.
1: Cool. The Colts had had 57 minutes, five other timeouts. I, I
0: understand that. I agreed with the decision to go for it there. I would have ran the ball. Turns out they passed it, but they still got the first down. I believe, and I'm not one of these guys that lives and dies by the win percentage, but the win percentage clearly goes up if you get that first down because by getting that first down, you now are a first down away from winning the game. And if you don't get the first down, you can. if you get the the first first down, but you don't get the second one, you're still in the position to kick the field goal that you want to kick, except this time the Colts will have no timeouts left. What happened there was there was three minutes and nine seconds left. They get the first down. I love the call. And then they forced the Colts to take their two remaining timeouts. It's third and four from the 13-yard line with two minutes and 13 seconds left. Why? There was any play ran besides running the football, is clearly on the coaching. Russell Wilson throws a pass that gets intercepted in the end zone. What they should have done was ran the football. If you don't get the first down, worst-case scenario, you milk the clock all the way down to the two-minute warning, and you kick the field goal to go up by six. Then, when you kick the ball off to the Colts, there's under two minutes left. They have zero timeouts left and they need a touchdown, your odds of winning that game are astronomical.
1: McKenzie, uh, what does the robot say we should do uh, fourth and one at the 28 with three minutes and nine seconds to go?
2: The robot says go for it. It says if you kick the field goal, you have an 81% chance to get it. If you go for it, you have an 85% chance to get it. And to Scott's point, if you make it, if you're successful, your win percentage goes up to 90%. But I agree with you, AJ. This was not a typical game. The model did not see with its eyes. How bad the offense was for the Colts. This is
1: why we can't let robots take everything over. Not fully, no. But
2: do you agree, (laughs) Mackenzie,
0: do you agree with me that I'm okay with the decision to go for the first? fourth down. Had it gotten to a second fourth down, I would have kicked the field goal.
2: Yes, I thought that was more egregious to pass on that third down.
1: Okay, so two questionable decisions so far, and I agree with you. Like, once once they did go for the, fir- the fourth down, throwing the ball there made no sense to me. No, you gotta milk
0: all the time off the clock, get to the two-minute warning, and then, because look, you could still run for, at that point, Mike Boone was running the ball really well on that drive.
1: Now... Maybe they get the first down. Let's fast forward to overtime. Oh, great. Where it is... Twelve to nine.
2: No Broncos fans are left.
1: <laughs> uh, there's a, there's still a couple Broncos fans in the stand. Not all of them. There were still some people trying to move down into mm-hmm. the better seats. You know that's how it works. Uh, it's twelve to nine. Fourth and one. Do we have what the robot says on that overtime fourth down conversion, McKenzie? I'll
2: get that real quick. So okay.
1: it would have been a f- a field goal ties the game. A field there. goal tied the game, mm-hmm. and the. <laughs> Listen, I this is one where I can see both sides of it. I can see going for it. I can see kicking the field goal. I wouldn't have hated kicking the field goal. But I will say this. As soon as I saw them line up in shotgun, fourth and one from the five, I already knew they should have kicked the field goal. So I you have to go
0: for it there. You have to go for it because if you give the football back to the Colts, they're winning this football game. No, they're uh, not. Yet, it's, you're going to tie. No, 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 What happened was two consecutive drives, your defense allowed the Colts to go down the field. At that point, the defense was gassed. Matt Ryan went six for six and drove the Colts down the field before spiking the football and throwing the ball down the bat, down, out of the end zone to get the game-tying field goal. And then with the first possession of overtime, like a hot knife through butter,
1: Eight plays, 45 yards down the field, kicks the go-ahead field goal. First of all, that eight plays, 45 yards took four minutes and ten seconds. Yeah, that was a good drive. And they kicked a 48-yard field goal. Yeah. That's not the same as getting the ball back with two minutes and going 95 yards. What are you talking about? I'm talking about an overtime now.
0: All they need is a field goal to win. Because they kicked the first field goal, I know. But the now they're down to
1: now they're under two
0: minutes. And to all get that they field need goal. is after they get the they get the ball twenty five yard line. It's Denver. They just gotta get to the forty
1: five. And Matt Ryan just did it on your defense. And you but it took him four minutes. And but you're, if you're the defense, do you feel better about your? If you're think about this, put yourself in the shoes of Nathaniel Hackett. Who do you trust more to win you this game? Your defense or your offense? If you say your offense, you're as dumb as him. If you can't get one yard. You don't deserve to win a football game. You, they didn't deserve to win because they—they they couldn't a pass.
0: get one yard. They threw a pass and Russell Wilson didn't even look at KJ Hamler. Was wide open. Hand the ball off to Melvin Gordon. Do a quarter. How about this? A quarterback sneak. One yard. If you can't get one yard, lose. You lose the football game.
1: I think, th- like maybe this—the smartest thought that crossed—and you know what? I'm not even gonna give Nathaniel Hackett credit. It was probably that guy they hired to help Nathaniel Hackett (laughs) who said, hey, coach, our defense is better than our offense right now. I wouldn't go. And then he went for it anyway. I think Nathaniel Hackett said, no, I got this. The play call was stupid. Russell Wilson out of the shotgun.
0: Actually, you know, I watched the play over again. And, again, I'm going to bring up the K.J. Hamler wide open because watching that play, there was a route concept at the top of the screen, which is on Russell Wilson's right. It was like one of those pick plays. The route concept worked. Because K.J. Hamler got wide open, and Russell never looked at him. He I stared mean, down his one receiver and then threw a pass into double coverage.
1: K.J. Hamler had two targets all night. I don't think Russ trusts K.J. Hamler. That's Russell's like, fault. Is it? Like, is K.J. Ham- Hamler like KJ Hamler It doesn't matter if a wide open
0: like- wide receiver. <sighs> In a play where you need one yard, he, he walked into the end zone without any Colt defender near him. And Russell didn't even look at him. Also... I, I mean I just you
1: can't you can't throw a pass play there. You need 1 yard. McKenzie, what are your thoughts on the, Hand the, the ball off. on the overtime decision?
2: So to go back to the fourth down calculator, it says don't use an overtime because it's too complicated. Oh, the robot can't figure out <laughs> exactly, overtime? Right. We're here discussing it, but Mr. Robot's like, "Oh, okay. it's too complex right. for in, my in brain." In the fourth quarter, it does say go for it generally if you're down by 3 in the final minute uh, at, with the fourth and 1. On this play, I'll, I'll just say you have certain reads that you go to. I think it's telling that KJ Hamler, the guy we thought was the number one receiver, wasn't one of the first three things Wilson was set to check on this fourth down play.
1: Yeah. So, overall, but you, not the robot, what do you do in that fourth down situation?
2: I, I run for it. I run it. I go for okay. it and I run.
1: Or quarterback sneak. Listen. Exactly. That, that's a reasonable answer. Kicking a field goal is smarter than what they did. As soon as they lined up in shotgun, I said they should be yeah. kicking the field goal. I. I this it goes back to, and listen, what's crazy is, like Frank Reich, is is on the hottest of hot seats on mm-hmm. the other side, and somehow we're like, Nathaniel Hackett's a total boob. Yep. Like how how bad of a coach is he that we're like we haven't even mentioned Frank Reich's name. <laughs> Frank Reich's like, oh my god, thank you, so, thank you, Nathaniel Hackett. This
0: is the worst part about this game. The worst thing to come out of this game is the realization that the Broncos are going to have quite a few more standalone and a national, t- nationally televised primetime oh, games that we are going to be subject to, including next week on Monday Night Football in Los Angeles against the Chargers. No line, obviously, out on this game right now. Guess the line, A.J., Broncos at the Chargers Monday Night Football. Uh,
1: let's say, what's give me the result of the Chargers game. Uh, against so, the tech or against the um, against the Browns, uh, the Browns this weekend. Let's, so, give me your your best guess at a final, and I'll give you a line.
0: I'll say Chargers win by a field goal. Uh, Chargers. So and, now we're going to have a two and three Broncos team, a three and two uh, uh, team here. Chargers, Chargers minus five and a half. Okay. Look ahead. Line was four and a half.
1: So you say we downgrade the Broncos. By, about Dude, a point. I want. I'll be honest, and I, this is going to sound super square, and I, RJ would kill me for this. Y- you can't trick me into betting on the Broncos right now. You can't. Like, the, I wouldn't when, do it when you have a, a, a dumb dumb head coach like this. I don't want. I because it's frustrating enough to lose bets because players mess up, but when coaches don't have like basic strategies down. To me, it's it's like, I don't want to be a part of it. So, no, I I'm, i wouldn't. I, I thought Al said,
0: Michaels brought up a great point uh, during the broadcast last night, and he was saying if the Broncos win this game, which it looked like they were going to do
1: in the fourth quarter, right? They had what, the football there. What was their percent, McKenzie? Yeah. What did the
2: robots say when they went for had it and to, got it?
1: It went to 90%, right? Yeah, their win percent. They
2: were 80 90% almost the entire fourth quarter. When we do the fourth quarter with overtime, it was about a 65% chance the Broncos should have won.
1: What was their fourth quarter
0: win share? About 65. Yeah, (laughs) that makes sense. Okay. (laughs) So, But but what Al Michaels was going to say, what Al Michaels was saying was that the Broncos win this game. They are the most unimpressive 3-2 and team in the NFL because their three wins were barely getting by the Texans and 11-10 barely getting by the 49ers. And then this ugly win with no touchdowns against the Colts. Now they lose this game. Think about this season for the Broncos. They lose to the Seahawks. They have those two ugly wins over the Texans and 49ers. They lose on the fumble returned all the way back to the Raiders. This loss to the Colts. They're going to lose Monday night in L.A. And then then it's
1: home against the Jets. This is, this is an uninspired football team. This no is doubt. a bad football team. A uh, couple things of note. Next week doesn't get any better. The Washington Commanders at the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football next All week.
0: Right, I got to ask you. Thank God. So, so a reprieve were,
1: from bad football.
0: Right. There were <laughs> there were several betters, including one specifically at DraftKings that wagered a hundred dollars on the no touchdown last how, night. Wow, hundred on to one this?
2: We we, know, we talked, talked about, about this thing. <laughs> hey, Broncos <laughs> over field goals. We did talk about. that. I said over it. three and a
0: half field goals in I the got game. You. Uh, Fez was sitting right here, and I said over three and a half field goals, gonna... and then we talked about no touchdowns and all field goals.
1: I've got to listen back to the show. I swear, and I I know I thought it all day. I don't know if I said it out loud on this on this show, but all day I thought it's going to be a nine to six game. Like it, that's the kind of game we're in for tonight. And it's, it's some. It didn't land nine to six. That would have been even more brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, zero touchdowns and someone who had a hundred to one ticket. I'm so pissed. That we didn't have a part of that. So, would you make the same bet for next week? Oh. Commanders and Bears. No, because Carson... Early, early totals, 40. Carson Wentz is like the master of, of junk stats. Like, there's Carson Wentz will put up some... like what, At the end of the game, you're going to look at Carson Wentz's numbers and go, oh, not bad. Can Even I, though Carson Wentz will play like garbage the whole game. Can I make a prediction right now? Do it. Mackenzie, remember this prediction. Thursday
0: night, Commanders-Bears the most wagered on prop on DraftKings and, and FanDuel will be no touchdown scored. You think so? After what happened this week, and after how much they publicized, the 1,000 uh, to 1, and and people winning 10K and 5K and whatever, everyone's going to bet it next week. Well,
1: let's say this. And by everyone, I mean, you know who I mean. To the credit of this brilliant show, uh, if you listened to the pod yesterday, you played the under first half Winner. Winner. You played over field goals. Winner. You played Colts plus three and a half from the hitman, right, McKenzie?
2: Yes, sir. Winner.
1: And you played Alec Pierce over 33 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, And winner. you, like, doubled
2: that. And longest field goal over 46 and a half. That's a winner.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. what? We're the best people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the only thing, we did tease a
0: possible bet on Naeem Hines, and he left the game oh, with a concussion. I- you know what, first, I was watching, uh, I was like, oh my God, flight.
1: thank God I didn't listen to these jokers about that. <laughs> I, that was you and Fez, all you and Fez. McKinsey and I both said, we want nothing to do with that. McKin- I said, Naheem's Hines usage, probably like two plays. That's That was my guess. <laughs>
2: so, <laughs> well, <next> You, you <laughs> better at FanDuel, by the way. You did get refunded. Yes, yes any I, Hines, I, draft, they all That's drafted. nice of those guys. refunded them as well. Uh, those are less cockroachy cockroaches. Next week, Colts
0: <laughs> hosting the Jaguars. Looking for revenge. This game is not in Jacksonville, where the Colts have already lost this year, where the Colts never win. Do the Colts win this game against the Jaguars?
1: What's the line? I'm going to I don't think the Colts win against Jacksonville. Uh, I think it's in Jacksonville. No, it's in. It's, in, oh, it's in it, I'm going to say it'll be Colts minus one. You're st- still drinking that Jags Kool Aid. Mackenzie, what was the look ahead line? What, what did you uh, just on, on did, something did
0: something the Colts?
1: Has something happened to make you like the 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 Colts all of a sudden? I'm just anti Jags. But you're not anti-Colts. Two bad teams playing each other. I guess you take the points in that situation. Okay, but, then you're going to get like the, the points with the
2: Jags. That was off the board.
1: So Jags-Colts. I. They probably thought Matt Ryan was dead at points in
2: that game. <laughs>
1: I guess too. It was bad. like Weekend at Bernie's. Matt Ryan's, Matt Ryan's corpse up there with like a robot arm moving it for him. Can you downgrade the Colts oh, I'm, anymore? I'm sorry, they
2: actually did have it at one book. It was Colts minus two and a half at Jacksonville. I'm hosting Jacksonville.
1: I bet it's it's Colts minus one and a half.
2: So Jacksonville, you're saying, is the better team now?
1: I think Jacksonville is the better team. I think that's fair. I don't know if Jacksonville is better than Tennessee, like the the division odds Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. But I'm almost certain they're better than the Colts. I I don't think any positive things about the Colts. Like this win doesn't make me feel good about the Colts. This is the same team that tied the Texans. The the Texans who might,
0: I don't know when they're going to win a game. But now you have extended rest. Jonathan Taylor should be back. Makes them a little bit healthier going into this game. I, I think it's going to be a fascinating. Uh, I can't game wait to till you buy on the Colts. Guy. Oh, this is going to be amazing when the, when we record the Dream Preview Pod next week. Your Colts and best I'm taking bet? Colts as a five star. Oh, I mean, I can't come on! Wait. I cannot wait.
1: <laughs> I've got one more question. Yes. What's the worst offense in the NFL? The Panthers. Worse than the Bears? Panthers by EPA are the worst per play. Okay, but I mean, I, give and me Baker eye Mayfield test. has a quarter has a quarterback rating of 15. If I said Baker Mayfield or Justin Fields for the rest of the year, who's better? Who would you say? Justin Fields, McKenzie, Baker Mayfield. I I tend, Close, to, I tend to lean Baker Mayfield too.
2: So here are the worst scoring teams in the NFL before the game last night: thirty-two Indianapolis, thirty-one Chicago, thirty Denver.
1: God, and so I think
2: we, that, we, so I we think should that, have expected this.
1: And I think the Jets and Texans should be in this conversation, and and probably the Steelers. But God, I've got. I mean, there's some bad. Bad off. It's funny. Did you hear Tom Brady today? When they yeah, had, when, they asked, about, football, when yeah. they asked him about when they asked him about parity in the league, he said, "I think there's a lot of bad football from what I watch. You know, <laughs> I watch a lot of bad football. A lot of yeah, poor quality of football. That's what I see." Well, AJ, I think we're all Tom Brady. I think we are. This is the closest I've ever felt to being Tom Brady. That and the fact that we're both single. <laughs> I I'm not single. But like, me and Tom Brady. Oh, are.
0: oh okay. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> The Major League Baseball postseason gets underway today. First pitch of the Rays and Guardians from Cleveland gets the postseason started at 12.07 Eastern time. I love these postseason start times, AJ, because everything's 07 for, like, the TV markets or whatever. But uh, the first game of the day, Guardians hosting the Rays. Guardians minus 120. Shane Bieber on the mound against Shane McClanahan. The Rays on the comeback, even money. And then uh, at 2.07 Eastern. Eastern time, yeah, two o seven Eastern time. Cardinals hosting the Phillies. Jose Quintana going in game one for the Cardinals against Zach Wheeler. We
1: didn't know this matchup yesterday. What do no. you think of Quintana? Is this like is there controversy the, on the it? market? Is
0: agreeing with me because I told you last night if it's Montgomery or Quintana, both lefties. I love the Phillies because they mash lefties. The line is minus one ten both ways. And this game is in St. Louis, and you would think you'd give the home team a boost here in the postseason. Yeah, Uh, Blue Jays hosting the Mariners. You got Alec Manoa against Luis Castillo.
1: Could you beat Alec Manoa in a fight? He's a big guy. He's a monster. He's a big dude. I mean, you have the MMA skill. I don't. I just have the size. I got a hurt knee. I'm not trying to fight him,
0: to be honest. Manoa and the Blue Jays are minus 130. Mariners 110 on the comeback. Uh, that game at 4.07 Eastern Time and then 8.07 Eastern Time from City Field in Queens. Max Scherzer leads the Mets in their black jerseys against Hugh Darvish and the Padres. The Mets are minus 150 favorites, heaviest favorite on the board for today. Padres on the comeback plus 130.
1: So you like favorites and.
0: Phillies. Yeah, I think the one I'd stay away from, honestly, is the Blue Jays Mariners. So I have good feels for all of these games. Like if if you're forced, if you're making me force pick all of these games, it's Guardians, Phillies, Blue Jays, and Mets. That, that's the forced pick. Guardians Rays. I give, I give the Guardians the edge here because, and something I brought up on yesterday's show, recency. The Rays have lost nine of their last 11 games to end this season. And no. the Guardians have been great. Yeah, and, and whether the Rays were not caring at the end and trying to position themselves for this series, I don't know. But it's you can't just flip a switch, and you can't tell me that they're just going to flip a switch and all of a sudden be the Tampa Rays that we expected them to be. Plus, Shane McClanahan, as great as he is, and, and I love this kid. I thought he had a legit chance to win the Cy Young this year. Last couple of starts, he's been really shaky. He left the one start early. Uh, He might still be banged up. I don't know if we're getting the best version of Shane McClanahan. I mean, this is a guy that early in the season was a 10-strikeout guy, eight strikeouts, nine, seven. In his last couple of starts, three strikeouts in four innings, two strikeouts in five innings, two strikeouts in five innings. This is ever since he left the game with the injury, or he got scratched from the game. So on August 30th, he was supposed to pitch against the Marlins. He gets scratched after warming up in the bullpen and suffering an injury. Comes back, makes the start 15 days later, or 16 days later, or two weeks, against the Blue Jays. There's five shutout innings, and you're thinking Shane McClanahan's back, back. Then he gets rocked against the Astros. Then he gets rocked against the Blue Jays. Then he gives up two runs on five hits to the Astros. And again, with low strikeout numbers, I think there's reason to be very concerned about Shane McClanahan. And then you look at this Guardians team. If they have a lead when this game gets to the eighth inning, especially the ninth inning, I don't know what Tito Francona is going to do with with the, the bullpen if he's going to decide to let his closure go more than six outs. But Emmanuel Clase is the best closure in Major League Baseball, and so when the Guardians have a lead at the end, he's coming in, he's finishing up the game. So I like Cleveland here in Game One at home. Uh, I, I really feel that, that it might not be as strong, like that I'm going to play it for sure. But that's where I'm going. I, I can't. I'm not confident. I can't take the race. But the, are the Phillies your most confident play? Even though they're... Adopted? Oh no, the Mets are my most confident play. Okay. Day. Phillies are my probably second. Phillies and Mets are my. You want to do a nice two team parlay and have some fun? Go Phillies Mets, because you get the Mets minus one fifty. Put the Phillies in there at the plus at the minus one ten. So the two of them combined plus two. I don't know what's my math. Two fifteen something like that. Is that good math, McKenzie? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? We'll 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 make that up. Uh, but the <laughs> Phillies.
2: I mean, I could get it to the exact penny, but minus one forty five.
0: No, minus 150 and minus 110 is like plus 215 or plus 220, something like that. Right. So here's what I like about this matchup. I got Zach Wheeler, who is an absolute stud and is capable of shutting down any lineup he pitches
1: against. Well, Can't you say that about everybody who's pitching this week? Mm-hmm. Like the, fir- the first couple games?
0: Uh, maybe.
1: Zach Wheeler in his last, let's call it his last
0: 15 innings pitched, he's only allowed one run. That's That's good. good. That's That's good at sport. That's over three starts. He had a stretch prior, you know, he had a stretch in August where he went about, you know, same thing, 13, 15 innings, only allowing two runs. I mean, the most runs he's given up in his last, let's call it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine starts were two starts against the Mets, who happened to be, despite what. Colin Coward would say, because he said they don't have enough sticks to win. They're like one of the best offensive teams in all of Major League Baseball. So you
1: trying to say you know more about baseball than Colin Coward?
0: I'm just saying, don't, don't say the Mets don't have enough sticks to win How dare you. when you look at what they've done offensively this season. It's been absolutely tremendous. So uh, I think that you can brush off. Plus, there's so much familiarity between the Phillies and the Mets. But I, I favor Wheeler over Quintana. And there's the fact that the Phillies absolutely mash lefties. Now, Quintana's been great. There's no doubt about it. He, has, he hasn't allowed more than one run in a start since August 31st. And that he allowed two starts. So we're talking one, two, three, four, five, six straight starts allowing one or fewer runs. The only thing that I... Would say comes into play here is how good the Phillies are against lefties. You look around Major League Baseball, and you know just anybody can do this. You can go look at the the stats, go look at the splits, and go look at how teams do against righties and and how teams do against lefties. And you'll find the 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 Cardinals. Cardinals are the best team in Major League Baseball versus lefties. Zach Wheeler's a righty though, and (laughs) beyond the Cardinals, the Philadelphia Phillies. The fourth best team Major League Baseball against left-handed hitters. And the Cardinals, left-handed are pro- pitchers. Cardinals are probably throwing two lefties in this series. Cardinals are throwing at least one, probably two, because it'll be Quintana, Miles Michaelis, and then Jordan Montgomery. So I got a great hitting team against lefties going up against a lefty pitcher. I'm going to take the Phillies here in this spot. And then the Blue Jays game against... This the Blue Jays game against the Mariners kind of scares me, because the the Mariners are such a scrappy team, and they have really impressed me. They're playing really good baseball at the end of the season, and Luis Castillo has been solid for them. Uh, Alec Manoa, you know, he, he's that dude, but he also has the occasional uh, you know bad bad start. hasn't happened in a while for him. He much like uh, Jose Quintana hasn't allowed more than two earned runs since August 16th against Baltimore. So he's on a good run as well. A lot of these games are going to be low scoring. It's the postseason. Pitching always has the edge in the postseason. Again, forced pick on this game,
1: I go Blue Jays. It's, it's going to be the Broncos-Colts of baseball. I can't wait. Well, that's normally baseball. Yeah, uh, But I, I would favor. No, no wonder this sport isn't doing as
0: well yeah. as it was I just 100 think, years ago. I, I think the Mariners are scrappy. And that lineup can do damage. So, again, fourth pick is the Blue Jays. Confidence level, I rank it third okay. on my list. Actually, no, fourth on my list. Okay, And then the Mets. Mets against the Padres. Max Scherzer. Big game, Max Scherzer. And I know people are going to say, well, it was a big game against the, the Braves last time out. It was a big game against the Braves last, out, last time out. And the Braves got to him. Two home runs. Those are two mistake pitches. Sometimes when a pitcher gives up like a home run and that's like the bulk of the damage that's done against him, I I almost forgive it because I'd have to go look back at the count, go look back at the pitch before it. There could have been, and it happens, there could have been a two-strike pitch that was a borderline pitch that the umpire called for a ball. And then the next pitch finds a little too much of the plate, winds up being a three-run home run. That's the difference between a great start and an eh start in Major League Baseball. Sometimes it's just one pitch. And so I look at Scherzer. This is a guy that I absolutely trust here in a big spot. His playoff numbers give me more to be confident about than you, Darvish, who is going to start for the, uh, for the San Diego Padres here. Last time we saw Max Scherzer in the playoffs was for the Dodgers and he was very instrumental had a 2 2.1 ERA. You Darvish this is a guy that has bombed in the postseason in 2016 just one game got roughed up for the t- Texas so we'll cancel that out. How about 2017, 2017 the World Series Dodgers Wolf. four starts Two wins, two losses,
1: a 6.14 ERA. Both losses in the World Series, Game 3 and Game 7. 14 and two-thirds innings pitched, 17 hits and 11 runs. You were supposed to be impressed that I knew something about baseball there. Yeah. That's great. I mean, great job. Yeah. Thanks. Big spot. I just knew that I was off the dome. Mets at home. Scherzer, Darvish. I I got the Mets here in this spot. Here's what I love that baseball's doing. I love that when we come in Monday morning and do this show. This, ser- this series will be over. We're going to know who's playing in the division we're gonna series. We're going to know, yeah. This is smart. Like, the NBA, sometimes a playoff series three takes games, three, three weeks. Three three days. This is, we're going to know. This, this is I the new it.
0: wild card format in Major League Baseball with the new wild card teams. I actually like this wild card Pump format it a lot. into my veins. So, here's the four games. Here's the four picks. Guardians, Phillies, Blue Jays, Mets. Uh totals in the games are really low. You got six, seven, seven, and six. So no real feel on the totals because I love both I love all the starting pitching, but the first five totals are just so low and you can get screwed. A guy comes out of the bullpen, then all of a sudden one pitch later, three run home run, the overhits. hits, well, or and, and managers innings. are
1: managers are a lot quicker to the bullpen in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. Yeah. So if you're doing first five, don't think that you're gonna have – I mean, your starting pitcher could give up one run and they could pull him after yeah, three. Yeah, absolutely,
0: especially in a short series yep. that you know it's 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 best two out of three. It's panic. They're going to go to the bullpen early, so totals really scare me sometimes. Uh, you know, maybe a no-run first inning, which is going to be heavily juiced in a lot of these situations. But I do go with the three favorites and one dog here for Friday's slate.
1: Looking forward to previewing the division series on Monday. We got four games in college football today. Let's start at seven o'clock Eastern. It's corn minus it's corn. three at Rutgers. I've never seen such a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, I tend to lean against corn here, although Nebraska's played a little bit better since Scott Frost left somehow. Uh, so it'll probably be a pass for me, but I would lean to Rutgers. I lean Rutgers plus the three. It's uh
0: Primetime game, Piscataway. I think the fans will be uh, into it. And and give me Rutgers playing a little pride at
1: home. You and I have a double best bet on the next game. The Houston Cougars are two and a half point dogs at Memphis, but we're not looking at the side. We both like the over in this game, Scott. Oh, yeah. Seth Hennigan, Clayton Toon.
0: It's going to be an absolute shootout there at the Liberty Bowl. You have a Memphis team that scores 34 points a game. You have a Houston team that scores 30 points a game. You have a Memphis offense that not only gains 400 yards of offense a game, they allow 400 yards of offense a game. You have a Houston team, same thing, gains 400 yards of offense a game and allows 400 yards of offense I don't a think
1: game. Houston tries on defense, to be honest, No, from terrible. what I've seen. Listen, I've lost money on Houston this year. They're going to give up points. Uh, UNLV six and a half point dogs. They were fourteen point favorites a week ago. I said that's crazy, and it was. Now they're six and hey, a half point. What about eleven, though? They, fourteen point. Listen, you can't make UNLV a fourteen point favorite. It's it's american But at what point do we have to acknowledge this team is actually good? They are. They're, listen, they're better than they've been in years. That doesn't mean they're good. Stop with that. You're like the people who are saying Kansas is a good team now. I assure you Kansas isn't good. Kansas is just better than everybody thought they were going to be, which means like if they're average, they're way better than anyone thought they were going to be. If UNLV is an average college football team, which I don't know that they are, mm-hmm. but if they are, they've exceeded everyone's expectations by a mile. Yes. Let's not throw good on them like they're Ohio okay. State. Just give give some credit to Marcus right. Royal. UNLV plus six and a half at San Jose State. Uh, that is at ten thirty Eastern, and then also at ten thirty Eastern, a real barn burner we've got here. Colorado State plus three and a half at Nevada. I I, I think I'd rather kill myself than watch this game, <sighs> so I won't bet it. That is harsh. Yeah. Uh. I, that I. You know what? I'd rather watch the All Twenty Two on Denver Indianapolis. And if you do, you'll see K.J. Hamler wide open in the end zone on the final play. No, you didn't let me finish. I'd rather watch that while sitting in a bed of fire ants than watch Colorado State and Nevada. So Total in that game is 45. 44 and a half, yeah. I don't know who's playing quarterback for Colorado State. It might be McKenzie Rivers. I don't know what he's doing this weekend. I haven't asked. Wouldn't shock me. Let's just acknowledge
0: McKenzie Rivers is an incredible
1: quarterback name.
0: That would be a good quarterback name. You're right. Like, that dude is, like, the starting quarterback at
1: Nebraska.
2: You ever give consideration, McKenzie, to playing college football? There was that Central Florida quarterback, McKenzie. I was rooting for him. I'll say that. There was
1: one. also a quarterback named Rivers who played at uh at San
2: Diego. Phillip? Yep. Uh, that's also right. Phil. for him. Always rooted for him. That's, that's right. what i like, like,
1: McKenzie Rivers would, is a good quarterback name. It is name. a good name. Yeah. Good, good restaurant name, like, too, Like if I had a like restaurant. Like, Quinn Ewer's. Oh, Quinn Ewer is a great name. It's a great quarterback, great mullet. Speaking of, let's get into the look ahead. All right, we've done the baseball. We've done the Friday college football. Let's take a look at some of the key games going on Saturday and Sunday. We'll start with college. Noon Eastern time, kickoff. Arkansas minus nine. No, excuse me, Arkansas plus nine at Mississippi State. Mississippi State, they may be like everybody talks about who's the you know who who are the the great teams after the big 3 or whatever mm-hmm. if mississippi state didn't have this mind blowing loss to lsu i'd make a good argument for them i think yeah, they are but, really good on who, both
0: sides but who did they beat Just because of the win against Texas A&M last week, that's it. They beat Memphis, but that's a team, you know, they played them last year and they lost, so a little revenge spot there. You beat Arizona, you beat Bowling Green. There's not an impressive win on their schedule besides the Texas A&M win. Fair enough. I guess you're right. If they would have beaten LSU, we think about this team a little more highly. They're
1: still ranked number 23. Speaking of LSU, catching two points at home against the Tennessee Volunteers. I haven't bet this game. I have a heavy lean towards Tennessee. But by tomorrow morning, you're gonna have to find a way to talk me off of the Vols. Okay. Well, I I, I don't know if I'll be able to. Okay, I'll accept that. Texas now minus eight and a half against Oklahoma. The red. I'm gonna call it the Red River Shootout. It's always the not Red PCA. River
0: Shootout. It's always the Red River. But shootout. I'm an outlaw. Can you? Have you? Have, you've obviously been right.
1: I've been. I think 11 times. Okay. Set the stage for me.
0: What's the Texas State Fair like? What's it like in that park? What's the Cotton Bowl atmosphere?
1: Uh, Set the stage. Well. A lot of good brisket? uh, Not brisket. You're eating junk food. This is like corn dog. They call them corny dogs there. Corny dogs. And it's a stronger than average corn dog. I will admit that. All right. And then there's a lot of fried. A lot of of funnel cakes. Funnel cakes. But they they don't just Fried Oreos. Fried Oreos. But they'll they'll fry Dr. Pepper. Uh, How do you fry Dr. Pepper? It's a good question. They do it. They do it. They find a way. Fried orange soda. You ever had it? That sounds amazing. You never been to the Texas State Fair? I would love you. to go to
0: the Texas yeah. State like Fair. Sounds like Fansville. It, awesome. it, it kind <laughs> of is like
1: Fansville, uh, except there's a whole lot of people from Oklahoma there, which kind of kills the vibe. Uh, but other than that, it's good. It's a. It's a. It's a. I mean, listen. There's not a lot of these anymore. I'm so glad that they still play it in the old crummy Cotton Bowl, which mm-hmm. is literally like one of the worst stadiums in the country that still gets used actively. There's like four what bathrooms it, in the whole place. What is it even used for in New besides this game? Like high school football? Yeah, there's a couple of high, but right? most of the high school games now get
0: played at, at the big Jerry Stadium. Or at the um, the practice facility. Yeah. The new, uh,
1: the star. In, Frisco, in Frisco. The star. Yeah. yeah, but it's a, I mean, it's a crummy stadium, but it's perfect for this game. The crowd is split half and half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a, it's, it's a really fun time. So if you ever get a chance to do it, I, I recommend that you do. Uh, but, Texas now 8.5-point favorites against Oklahoma with a a massive line move on this with the announcement that Quinn Ewers is going to play. Quinn Ewers against Alabama gave Texas fans hope that something could come from this season, even after the loss to Texas Tech and Alabama. But it's like him coming back for this game particularly, I think is, is causing a lot of confidence. And Oklahoma, let's face it, It's rare that we've seen Oklahoma lose two straight games in a a long time. Bad loss last week. They've looked really awful. So there's just I think there's a lot of positive for Texas right now. The only thing that concerns me
0: on OU is that this is such a high spread for a game for a rivalry game like this. You can't don't 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 you see this being you know so high scoring and back
1: and forth? I don't bet on this game because I've seen over and over again the times when Texas wins this game. They're supposed to lose by twenty. Uh there's no there, there's no rhyme or reason to this. This is one of those real rivalry games where you never know you don't wanna you don't wanna place real money on this game because anything could happen. Past two years have been extremely high scoring. Last year, 55-48
0: Oklahoma 2020, 53-45 in four overtimes. Oklahoma won that. Oklahoma's won the last four yep. games in this series. But
1: two new coaches, two new quarterbacks. Should be interesting. To it's watch. the first time Texas is favored since two thousand and nine in this game. Utah minus three and a half at UCLA. Uh, we this was our best bet on the college football podcast. It will not make our William Hill contest card because William Hill wants us to give Utah minus four and a half, even though that numbers never existed in the free world. Yeah, <laughs> like it would be so much like when. They made Tennessee minus 11 and a half against Florida, even though there was never an 11 and a half in existence. They're saying you're not allowed to play Utah in this contest, so we will not play Utah. Utah minus three and a half, though, still alike for me. Uh, I like it, too. And,
0: and I'm having a big problem like taking this off the contest card, but we have to. It just it's it's. It would be like playing Kentucky minus ten and a half on the contest card when the line is now six and a half because Will Levis is probably not going to play.
1: The last three times that Utah and UCLA have played with Chip Kelly at coach, uh, Utes are three and zero. The average score has been forty five to twelve. Yeah. Kyle Whittingham is the father of Chip Kelly. You are the father. Kyle. Speaking of games that will not be
0: on our contest card, what we gave out on the podcast, Tulsa and Navy. Uh, that game is not listed on the William Hill College Pick'em contest. So we gave out Tulsa on the podcast. We will
1: not have it on the contest card. And we'll tweet out the actual our, our final plays either tonight or tomorrow morning at Scott's On Air. Uh, all right. The Ohio State University, 26 and a half point favorites at Michigan State. That will make our card. I expect Ohio State to absolutely smash this really awful Michigan State team who's been getting smashed by worse Big Ten offenses, and Ohio State is just on a mission. North, Car- North Carolina plus four at Miami. BYU Notre Dame. Here in Vegas. The Shamrock Series. Here in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. The Irish three and a half point favorites against BYU. And then eight o'clock Eastern time. Alabama hosting Texas A&M. That was a very good Eli Gold impression. Thank you. Alabama, minus 24, hosting Texas A&M. Listen, if there was ever a time in the world, in the history of time, that Jimbo Fisher really wanted to run up the score, I feel like this might be it. That Nick Saban wants to run up on Jimbo, you mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Nick. I mean, th- th- remember Jimbo basically saying Alabama's played for, it, it paid for every player on their roster. <laughs> I, I feel like Nick Saban. This is a spot, and now this should tell you something about Texas A&M's offense. Their quarterback, Max Johnson, has been announced out mm-hmm. with a broken hand. Mm-hmm. Line didn't move. No one cares yeah. that a- A&M's quarterback is that. That's how bad A&M's offense has been. It. This feels like a game where Nick Saban wants to give all the middle fingers. I could see it happening. And, so. and let's
0: remind everyone of what happened last year, Saturday, October 9th. Texas A&M beating Alabama, forty-one thirty-eight. Oh, the only my. blemish on the regular season for the Tide. Oh, my revenge spot. All Saban right. remembers.
1: Let's look at it. For the rest of our college stuff, you can check out our college football podcast that is on the Dream Preview Network, uh, which hopefully you're listening to us on the new Straight Out of Vegas AM feed, because otherwise, what are you doing? Subscribe to Straight Out of Vegas AM if you're listening to us on the Dream Preview feed. That's awesome. We appreciate it. We're not going to be here much longer. We're switching over, so jump on board with us, Straight Out of Vegas AM, wherever you get your podcast. Please join us there. We are climbing up the charts, by the way. Are we? Yeah, I was, I was checking. Are the, we breaking records? I
0: was checking the Apple charts uh, yesterday.
1: I saw that Straight yeah. Out of Vegas and AM. We're up. we're up. Joe Rogan. We're we I saw that on we're, Spotify. We're climbing. We're right ahead of Joe Rogan, right? Let's just let's just we're we're taking we're, we're, we're taking names. We're in shouting distance. We'll just say that. Uh, let's look at a couple NFL games. You can check out the rest of the NFL stuff on the Dream Preview. But let's start with the Chargers, two and a half point favorites at the Browns. What do you think on this game?
0: I'm torn because I do like the Chargers, but when we recorded the Dream Pod and, and do yourself a favor, go listen to the Dream Preview podcast. Fezzik was on the Browns. RJ was on the Browns. They made some good cases as to why the Browns should be the right side of this game. And I might be swayed onto the Browns. I can't ignore the loss to the Falcons, though, last week for Cleveland. Even though I do like the Falcons, I can't ignore the way that Brissett played in that game. And Herbert looked healthy. I know he's still banged up, but he looked healthy last week against the Texans.
1: I'm going to give a little bit of positive on the Chargers and a little bit of negative on the Chargers. First of all, I'll start with the negative. The Chargers defense is the same defense that played against the Houston Texans mm-hmm. and gave up 131 rushing yards on 14 carries. That's not good. Nine point. 9 times 9.4 yeah, yards uh, per carry. But against uh, like Damian Pierce. Well, one, now you're seeing Nick Chubb
0: and Kareem Hunt. But it was one run from Damian Pierce. It was the big 70 whatever 70-yard 70 run that he had. That that's that that's the bulk of it. So take away the 70-yard 70 75-yard run. What did they give up? 13 carries and 60 yards? Yeah. That's not that bad.
1: It's still over 5 yards a carry.
0: a yeah, good, <laughs> good NFL running back should average 5 <laughs> yards. Is a Damian
1: carry. Pierce a good running back? He's coming into his own. Okay. Uh I'll g- I'll give you the other side now. The Browns have faced Baker Mayfield. That guy's not good. Mitch Trubisky. That guy's not good. Joe Flacco. That guy's not good. And Marcus Mariota this season. And they are two and two. How do you see those four guys and go two and two? Yeah. Um, here was my the reason why I didn't like the Browns. The Chargers in the first half of games this year. We've talked about the Eagles' first half dominance. Mm-hmm. Chargers have outscored opponents 61 to 33 in the first half. Pretty good. The Browns are a team that has to run the ball to succeed. If the if the Browns are down, it's going to be really it, hard for we them. We saw it last week, and Brissette exactly. winds up throwing the interception late in the game. So, so I don't have a strong feel on this game. I think nah. that you, there's an argument to be made for both sides. Mackenzie,
2: mm-hmm. you you lean one way or the other here? Yeah, I lean to the. Browns. I think the Chargers' probably main weakness on defense is their run defense, and that's the Browns' main strength. Uh, but the strength of schedule for the Browns is concerning. This is their first real test. Of
1: this and season. yeah, and after you've seen all those quarterbacks, and now out walks Justin Herbert. Yeah. I mean uh, he's carrying his helmet in his left hand it's got he's the spinning flow. A, he's spinning a football <laughs> yeah. on his finger in his right hand and he looks over and winks at you and just says I'm about to make you my bitch and then and then he does it that's what he, I think he might do that to the browns that's what concerns me do you you're not worried about that mckenzie
2: no I am. that's why I haven't played the browns even though I lean to that direction okay i'll say this for the Brown, to the browns credit yeah, they lost to Joe Flacco, but they had a 99.9% chance to win with 10 seconds to go, or whatever it was. Fair it was enough. Similar to the Steelers. They should have won both – or the Falcons. Yeah, that was closer, but they could have easily won. It could easily be three and one.
1: Let's move to America's team, Vaquero de Dallas, the Cowboys of Dallas. They are at the L.A. Rams. Cowboys now five-point favorites, and I like the Cowboys. Rams are five – five, Rams, 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 Yeah, five, Rams are five-point five favorites. I apologize. This Rams O-line is an absolute mess, and they are running into a Cowboys defense that has done nothing but assault quarterbacks this season. Uh, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, those three gentlemen have combined for 10 sacks and 19 quarterback hits, and Matt Stafford already has PTSD from the Bills game and the 49ers game where he was just smoked constantly. And the Rams can't run the ball. So if you can't run the ball, you're not throwing anyone off the scent. All this play action that the entire Rams offense is built on, no one's buying it because their running backs are basically homeless guys right
0: mm-hmm. now. I agree. I think the Cowboys and Cooper Rush has looked great.
1: He's undefeated. <laughs> yeah. The guy is undefeated. I won't go as far. that Cooper Rush looks great is almost like UNLV is good. Cooper Rush has looked way better than I thought he would look. I yeah. don't know that he's looked great. But he's not the worst I'm player handing in the world. out superlatives. You really are a nice guy. I'm that's just, one thing I like about you. I'm okay. I'm, I'm so negative. I'm okay with Cooper Rush
0: in this game. And I don't think the Cowboys need to do a lot offensively. I don't think this is going to be a relatively high-scoring game. So I think if the Cowboys can, you know, generate a similar type of offense than they did against the Giants and the Commanders, you know, scoring 21, 24 points, that's going to be good enough to not just cover, probably win this game.
1: Let's take a look at Sunday night football. The Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Plus
1: three and a half now at the Ravens. And I think with this game, the question is, there's a lot more questions about the Bengals than there are the Ravens, right? Well, the Ravens' defense is a main cause for concern. They just held the Bills to 23 points. They've got it figured out, man. They were up 17, (laughs) right?
0: They were. Or was it 17-3 they were up, whatever it was? And they allowed them, they allowed the Bills to come back. They're allowing everybody to come back. That's the problem. 35 to
2: 14 versus the Dolphins at one point. Everyone comes back on the on the Ravens. McKenzie, what's the
1: uh, what's the money say on this game?
2: Money has come in on Baltimore as of Friday. I'll tell you right now, up. I'll tell you. Somebody came in and hit the Baltimore. It was minus three. Now it's minus three and a half.
1: Mac, you're gonna be with me on this. All
0: right. Ravens first half. That's the play. Why is it why first half? Because I don't want I'm not I'm not uh, forget about the comeback. I'm not. I'm not uh, going to. I'm going to allow win. it. I'm going to take my win at halftime, and I'm not going to get upset when they allow
1: the Bengals to come back in the fourth quarter.
2: Kind of like that. Minus two and a half, Baltimore in the first half.
1: I'll tell you what, and uh, a part of the reason why I like that too is I feel like there's going to be some shell shock. And I was talking about the last game, how, or two games ago, how the Browns have seen nothing but bad quarterbacks, and in walks Justin Herbert. While well, the list of quarterbacks that the Bengals have faced so far this year: Mitch Trubisky, Cooper Rush, Joe Flacco. Ted Bridgewater, I feel like Lamar Jackson might be a step up from those guys. Just a slight, slight step up. Lamar Jackson, who's playing at basically an MVP level.
2: And the Bengals have benefited a lot on late downs. Their opponents have been really bad. Well, that's because they faced Joe Flacco and Mitch Trubisky. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are going to be a lot better on late downs.
1: I agree. So, I, to me, it, listen, I don't know about now that it's a three and a half, which uh, is painted across the board now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I were playing this, I would have wanted to play it at three. It's not there anymore, so it's probably going to end up being a pass. But I want no part of the Bengals in this game. I, 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 I'm not even sure that the Bengals are a good team.
2: That's kind of why I like the first half play a lot because the line move didn't hurt us. Yesterday was minus two. Now it's minus two and a half. We're getting pretty much the same line in the first half, even though huge change in the game line from three to three.
1: I like that. I like that's you guys that. thinking yeah. there. That's the, that's Raven's first half. So there you go. For the rest of the NFL stuff, you can hear us on the Dream Preview with R.J. Bell and Steve Fezzik. Where we go through every game and got, we did what some would call a deep dive into all the games. So,
0: absolutely a deep dive. And a reminder if you are listening to us on the Dream Preview podcast feed, you got to subscribe to the separate Straight Out of Vegas AM podcast feed. Just search Straight Out of Vegas AM wherever you get your podcasts from. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart—we're all over the place. Just search straight out of Vegas AM and head to Pregame.com where we got some great offers for you. And it's a big weekend with Major League Baseball postseason, college football, and the NFL. Any fights this weekend?
1: No fights. No this
0: fights weekend. this weekend. But there will be fights soon. So AJ is going to be all over the fight cards. If you go to Pregame.com right now and you are a new member, so you've never signed up before, welcome, welcome and we're going to give you 25 free dollars. That's a nice welcome gift. New members, 25 free dollars, and it takes what a minute to sign up and you get all the benefits. You can even start tracking your own picks and become a uh, uh you know a, a valued member of the website. But in addition to the 25 dollars for new members, anybody. New members, old members, returning members, forgotten members, severed members, you get <laughs> you, you get Bulk dollar discount. If you buy $10, we're giving you 50 bulk dollars. That's a good bargain. That's 400%
1: bonus on your money. What are bulk dollars, AJ? Bulk dollars are dollars you can spend at pregame.com like they are cash money. Uh, imagine you go into a restaurant and you, they say, hey, I see you're about to eat here at our restaurant. If you give me $10 of cash, I'll give you $50 in gift certificates to our restaurant. Who would say no to that? Especially when those certificates never expire. Your Ever? Bu- your bulk dollars
0: never expire. Ex- you what, what, if you, what if you hold them to you it for want. like 15 years? Use them whenever you want. Oh, that's well, great. I'll still be here. That's so great. Use them whenever you want. They're in your cart. $10 gets you $50 of bulk dollars. You can use that to basically get two best bet daily packages, which usually go for like $25 each. So instead of spending $50, you just spend $10. And whether it's Fezzik's NFL plays or A.J.'s college football plays, my baseball plays, McKenzie's got NBA stuff going on right now.
1: And that reminds me, since we've got McKenzie here this morning, McKenzie, give us the uh, the, the best bet you had on the Fezzik Focus podcast since NBA win totals are up everywhere. Tell us how to make some money in the NBA.
2: Sure, a little Easter egg. Pelicans, over 43 and a half, love this play. Okay, they won 36 games last year. Big improvement needed, right? Well, actually, if you look at the second half of last year, they were a 50-win game pace. That's what you expect with a new coach. They were congealing towards the end of last year. I expect that to continue. Zion Williamson, well, he's a bonus. He's going to get in where he fits in, get offensive rebounds, play off of what they already have established. I think this team wins 50 games, over 43-and-a-half for the Pelicans.
1: And my concern when I heard this handicap was, and I'll ask you the question directly, McKenzie,
2: what if Zion gets hurt again? mm exactly this team was a 45 win pace really after they started three and 16 they were much better towards the end of the year zion didn't play a single game last
1: year. so you don't even care if he's hurt again
2: i love every time he steps up it's a free roll this team is a 45 win team without zion and I think they're a 50 win team with them.
1: That made me feel so much better about it. All right. Like, I don't care if he's hurt or not. So there you go. Over 43 and a half for the New Orleans Pelicans. A little bonus for you guys heading into the weekend. He's AJ Hoffman for Mackenzie Rivers. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are
0: straight out of Vegas
1: AF.